they're bo- the, the second giving of the law. They're about to enter the mm. promised land, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is it is a renewing of it, and it is a, it's a reminder. It's supposed to serve as a reminder. Remember, this is the God that brought you out of this. Welcome to the Pondercast, where we think deeply about the Bible and theology. Let's get pondering. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Pondercast. I'm your host, Drew Petker, and join with me, as always, is Perry Walter Siddons. How are we doing this today, Perry? Good. Go ahead. I'm I was good. just in the middle of telling. I was just in the middle of telling Perry that. Once again, I'm feeling under the weather. I don't know what it's got to be. Kids, maybe it's just the winter. I don't know something. Something's just. Why are you clicking on? Sounds like you're playing solitaire over there. Click, click, <laughs> click, 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 click. What are you doing? Um, I was trying to look at something in this book for this episode. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. do you feel uh, more holy after the weekend? No. no. Just so everyone knows, I'm looking at Perry right now, and he has a white little rectangle on his collar. What's that all about? What what big thing happened this weekend, Perry? The bishop laid his hands on me, and I was transfigured. I was was taken up to heaven and then brought back down again. <laughs> so for everyone else out there, base, Perry was, uh, was ordained, the appropriate word, ordained as a deacon in the Anglican Church. Is that right? Is that they say yep, it all right? Yep. Yeah, it was awesome. I really liked that ceremony. <laughs> I'm serious. That's it was good. good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm always, I'm always a not not like the whole like okay, I'll, I'll be blunt. Not like the whole thing. But there's always certain parts of like the the Anglican liturgy that I always think are just beautiful. Like some aspects of mm. like the the unity is just amazing. You know, you get kind of overwhelmed with this like the the unity of the body of Christ. And in those mm. moments, you just kind of like. You totally lose the fact of the the differences in the churches, right? And you just kind of like, mm. like, huh, this is just awesome. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like you you, you miss, you know, because let's be honest, the Anglican Church universal, okay, I'm not, has some beliefs that people are like, hey, Anglicans believe this, or all Anglicans believe that because one, Ang- you know, because one sect of, um, you know what I'm <laughs> talking about, right? You don't understand what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying or no? Am I being clear? Uh, Anyways, I don't know. I just feel like there was good unity had there. Uh, and it was quite nice. Uh, because despite differences. Some of the things the bishop said, like he, I thought no, he no. was quite a comp. Like he said, no, he was awesome. not an Anglican can come receive communion. He says we would oh, be yeah. delighted to share communion with you. I thought that was really... Nice of him to say that. No, sorry. Okay, was, I'll just just allow me to be blunt here. Just allow me to be blunt here. Some Anglican churches have recognized same-sex marriage, right? It has been affirmed. Is that correct in I Canada? You're talking about. Okay. Anyways, my point is in those moments, like when we were worshiping at your ordination, that wasn't even a thought close to my mind of mm. anything. Mm. It was just like, no, this mm-hmm. is just beautiful worship to God. Exactly together and it's just like the differences in in the vast universal church was it was just really nice that's all i'm trying to say despite differences in thoughts beliefs or whatever it was i'm not saying anyone there believed that i'm just saying in 
you mean you know what i'm saying for our listeners google it book of common prayer yeah the book of common prayer is solid christianity you know, I had to stand up for the Gukkakon prayer. I don't know what's up with my Sunday school these days, but everyone's attacking liturgies, and then this week they were attacking written prayers. Oh. I was like, what the heck? Well, we're going, yeah, anyways, we can digress from that. But I was like, oh, and you you uh, did a reading at the ordination. That was Oh, nice. I did, yep. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I uh, worked hard on that. <laughs> that was a panic. Good grief, I tell you. Oh, Uh-oh. stressful stuff. That's okay. Oh yeah, it was good. It was awesome. It was wonderful, wonderful day. I'm thankful. I felt instantly like a fraud, but that's okay. I did because of this podcast. Um, no. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. Well, for various reasons, but um, I mean, I feel like a fraud about everything, pretty much. That's not good. But I had this moment on Sunday where I thought, oh, I need to. I was. I made a joke about, oh, I I need to earn my collar. And then later I thought, no, I know, yes, I'm joking. I was jokingly being serious, seriously joking, whatever. But at the same time, we don't earn, you know, we don't earn anything that, that God gives us really. So, you know, it was the day before in my, I was, it was kind of like this quiet day, but it really wasn't (laughs) kind of a thinking and preparing and, and all that. And one of the prayers leading up to that day was God, the giver of all good gifts. And then it talks about those who are going to be ordained. And I thought that this is, this is a gift from God, this particular ministry that I'm being given. And even though I'm not, you know, I'm not done my program. I don't. I felt like an idiot up at the altar, and all these things. Why? This this is a gift of God, and so, you know, that was a good. I'm glad that I was reminded that right away. Well, you didn't look like an idiot from us sitting there, so thank you, good. <laughs> so, anyways, talking anyways. about grace, we're going to talk about the Ten Commandments today. That was a bad segue. Uh, I don't uh, know how that worked out, but anyways, yeah, we are. Well, this is a good. This is a good thing, though. Is, uh. I wanted to ask you first of all, but maybe I'll ask this as well: Is are the Ten Commandments part of God's grace? Well, because, in a roundabout way, sure. Because, well, we well let's just start the a blunter question: Are we still supposed to follow the Ten Commandments? I wanted to talk about that in part two. Oh, okay. <laughs> in part, <laughs> part two, that's fine. But it kind of leads into the grace. If we're not supposed to follow them, there's nothing to do with. The grace of God. Okay, this is what I was thinking of for part one, because I wrote on the calendar that we're doing part one and a part two. Yeah, yeah. Part one, considering what are the Ten Commandments and what do they mm-hmm. mean in the historical context, the historical theological context. So in that in that way, were the Ten Commandments part of God's grace? And Ah, uh, sure. I mean to keep people from I mean the whole law is could be in essence part of God's grace, right? What's the law for? To show the heart of the lawgiver to mm-hmm. help these people to worship God. So, I mean, sure, that's part of God's grace. Hmm. I mean, I would think so. I don't know. Is this a trick question? 
No, 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 diff- no, no. Is there a different answer? Are you looking for a specific answer? But I mean, in a in a way, yeah, sure, it is a, 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 an aspect of God's grace and does show the grace of God. I mean, furthermore, in Leviticus, for sure, like, I know we're getting a little off topic already, but like, <laughs> we're talking about the Ten Commandments specifically, but like the whole law is there to show the grace of God, right? And the Ten Commandments aside, you do see the grace of God in a lot of the commandments. Hmm. But Yeah, because I was just wondering if if guardrails that God gives, if these, if you can think of that, this is a guardrail, that's pretty gracious. God is trying to rein in the human heart and mm-hmm. the the idol factory that is the human heart. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that was not a planned question, but the, my planned question was for you, Drew. What are okay, the Ten yeah. Commandments? What are they all about? What are the, uh, yeah, what are the Ten Commandments? Like as far as in order of them or what were they listed for? Hmm. You can answer it however you want. Okay. Well, the Ten Commandments are as follows. <laughs> you shall have no other God before me. One. You shall not make um, any graven images. Uh, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. All. I think you forgot you shall not bear false witness against false witness. I missed that one. Yeah, sorry. I'm reading from a list here. I just missed it. So what happens when you do your own note taking. You miss things. <laughs> Those are the Ten Commandments as such. Okay. I'm sure mm-hmm. I mean and I'm sure we've all read this in Sunday school or Bible school or wherever. Maybe we haven't, so sorry, I don't mean to belittle anyone. But uh, the first four <laughs> Excuse me. The first four are our vertical relationship with God. And the last six are what? Our, the last six are social. Our, social uh, our relationship to other people. Our vertical, our horizontal axis. Uh, I use those same <laughs> You know why? Too. You know why I use those? Because we're both reading that book by uh, uh, Bellinger. <laughs> right and he uses those kind of he uses those uh kind of terms uh, the vertical axis and the horizontal axis oh axis that's good yeah that's a better <laughs> i think that's a dimension in my notes oh that's the word he uses he uses dimensions but yeah. the axis is good too <laughs> yeah anyways the first four are religious or vertical our relationship hmm. to god the last six are social our relationship to others hmm. in in essence Excuse yeah. me. <clears throat> yeah, why did I miss well, false witness? Though I missed that one. Okay, I see it now. Anyway, so those are the Ten Commandments. Um, the they're from from a historical standpoint. Did you look into the historicity of them all? And like in like writings in the ancient Near East at that time. So I looked into it a little bit because there's lots of mm. talk. I was listening to. I think it's the Bible for normal people. Pete ends. <laughs> I was listening, it was a while ago, a long time ago. Hmm. And he was, he was referencing how the fact that the Bible is not the first or the only hmm. holy book with commandments hmm. per se. And he was, he mentioned one, I think, I don't, I, forgot, I don't think I wrote it down. Maybe I did. Habarati, I think. 
Yep. Hammurabi. Yep. Hammurabi. The code of yeah, Hammurabi. Was, yeah, he was a Babylonian king, I guess, and he mm. he was told that he got a book of the law. And I I didn't have the time to read through it and really do a lot, but apparently there's lots of striking similarities between that law and Exodus, specifically the Ten Commandments. That being said, some of those some commandments are pretty um, straightforward, like especially the last six, you know, honor your father and mother or something like that. You know, the Habarati, I think I read somewhere, it's mm. like, don't stone your father. It's like, well, that's, that's pretty much the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, don't yeah. murder. Well, yeah, that's pretty, don't commit adultery. Some of these things are just good things not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many of the same in the book of Habarati are the first four, as far as don't have any other gods or idols or misuse the Lord's name. And Sabbath rest. I don't yeah. know about those four. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's, I don't know. I did a little bit of research on it. I don't know if there's any like clear cut line to say, like, oh, yeah, Moses was thinking of these as the Lord gave him the the commandments. But I don't know. Did you look into that at all? Or not, or not no, really? You kind of go no. on a different, a well, different hmm. path. I guess I'm more interested in the, even though that's interesting, that's helpful. I'm, I was. You know, when we were planning to do this last year, I was trying to think about the the literary progression. So the progression of the narrative throughout Exodus and why the Ten Commandments come at this particular time when they're right. taking out of, when they're liberated and they come to the mountain and they've had the bread and they've had, and they've had the bread from heaven and they've received the, the water from the rock and all these things. So that was something that I was interested in, some of the theology, because I was looking later in Deuteronomy 5, where there's a uh, he's recounting these commandments. And there's some interesting, even though I'm kind of going against what I just, I'll, I'll tease next week's episode, but there's this really interesting. <laughs> so you're allowed, you're allowed to do it, and I'm not. Know, hey, that's I'm what I'm sorry, hearing. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's fine. But that's the big question for next week is, how did these apply to Christian? Anyways, it talks about you shall be careful to, to do these things. You shall walk in all the ways that the Lord your God has commanded you. And I think that there's an interesting parallel to that in Galatians 5 where it says walk in the spirit. Mm. Okay. What Anyways, the heck? Why are you uh, allowed to tease these things? Not, it's not fair. <laughs> anyways. Um, but anyways, uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting so i was looking at this book by peter lightheart today on the ten commandments a short book and he was really talking about the theological nature and one of the things he says is that this is almost new creational because they're brought to the mountain which is kind of a uh, echo of eden and that uh i think he says that the spirit is there i think maybe in the in the smoke that's kind of a representation or kind of a theophany. So that's uh, kind of uh, harkens back to Eden. But then the words in 20 verse. So that was chapter 19 of Exodus chapter 20 verse 1. It says God spoke all these words. And what Lightheart says is that uh, God says it like six, seven times in Genesis 1. God spoke and these mm-hmm. things happened. So he says there's kind of this new creation thing taking place here and if you want to read this as a sequel to genesis that this is you know is this the seed that 
uh, will crush the serpent's head? Is this the one that, you, you know, this corporate hmm. entity? Uh, so that was something that I found really fascinating. And maybe that's that could answer your question about was Moses. I don't, I, I probably, Moses may have been, but it seems like this is direct, you know, yeah this is direct revelation from god well and it's, uh, it is almost like yeah. he is recreating like the you know in the essence of but that it is what sorry um not sorry. recreating but i was just saying like re-establishing the the, the people mm. and and really creating the like you said the seed in which mm. the seed's going to come from right the the nation like, that's what he's doing there right like He's re-bringing forth this idea of these are my, like Adam and Eve were God's people, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, he's kind of bringing that, that idea back and, and re-bringing this through, right? And you're to cultivate the land. You're to, it's like giving the instruction over again to the people. There's yep. just more instruction because exactly. the world is sinful at this point. Well, <laughs> that's a really and, interesting parallel. So, well, and so and the, basis like... of, the basis of that was on, on the, the words God spoke uh, like that phrasing is that the idea like the the literary it's that, connection it's that phrase but also the fact that, like this is from lightheart the fact yeah. that they're at the mountain eden was probably a mountain right yeah and the use of smoke is likely so um verse 18 of chapter 19 now mount sinai was wrapped in smoke because the lord had descended on it in fire because it doesn't it say earlier on in exodus that the Lord led them through as a pillar of fire. And so what he's saying is that that's likely represent a representation of the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters kind of thing. So the Holy Spirit's hovering over this, right, yeah. this, this event of new creation. So it's those three things that he says that you're seeing. But I just had this realization. This is, this could be far out, far out, man. I watched that Jesus Revolution movie yesterday. Bunch of <laughs> Anyways, uh, um, where they're taken out of Egypt, they're taken out of their place of slavery, and they're hungry, and they're thirsty, and God says, uh, you know, crack that rock, and the water will come out, and, and eat all you want from the manna from heaven. But then there's limitations to that consumption, are those echoes of Eden with the commandments to Adam and Eve that there's, hmm. there's, there's uh stipulations to the, to the food that they can eat. I don't know. It's really interesting. Hmm. That is um, really interesting. But um, I, <laughs> I heard Jordan Peterson say the other day on this podcast that uh, he says, you know, uh, Moses, he was judging all these he was he was taking everybody's cases and he was judging and then after that he came up with these 10 commandments so you know he was saying that that Moses came up with these things because of all the the court cases that he had to deal with <laughs> uh, well that's that's quite a uh, yeah the, that's actually a really uh kind of in very much probably in line with how biblical interpreters say in the last 100 200 years would want to interpret some of these things to just to just uh kind of flatten it to the horizontal scope to the the sociological where this is all just a historical development when it says god 
they're just using it for their own purposes but we're seeing that there's a there's really this definite vertical divine revelation apocalyptic if you want to put it that way not really but revelation uh directly from god so um so these ten commandments and is the ten significant you know going back to that uh that number discussion we had is this do you think that's representative of kind of the the perfect or the what would you say the summation of the law kind of a perfection yeah like a holistic thing to, yeah i think yeah. so i think there's i think you can look into that i don't know how much it, the, the words in the law are more important than i think the number of them specifically in my opinion but but no the number the number has something to right. do with it i think right but i'm just wondering if but if there was 11 yeah. i wouldn't just be mm. like oh what yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean if there's yeah, one extra good point one. yeah what, one aspect that might yeah, tie in interestingly true. to to your the idea of the the idea of like this new creation order the new creating order is so like the Ten Commandments listed twice and and sorry if I'm getting ahead to next week stop me if I am um, those are twice once in Exodus one and do once a Deuteronomy right we have two accounts yeah and there is a difference in the two accounts and that's the reason for the Sabbath if you look in Exodus the reason for the Sabbath is um, because God rested on the Sabbath. Hmm. But in Deuteronomy, the reason for the Sabbath um, is more, you could say humanitarian in a sense, like, because we were hmm. slaves, therefore give your slaves, oh. they rest these days. I, I don't have them, I wish I I wish I had written it down in front of me, like the exact verses in each one, but that, that's what I remember kind of researching and studying on. Um, Deuteronomy so the, the, 5. I'm just looking that up quickly. Is that what it is? Well, I'll look it up real quick. You look up Deuteronomy 5 and I'll look up Exodus 20. How's that sound? Let's get our facts right on the ponder cast. Huh. We don't mess wow. Around. Yeah, that's really interesting. Am I right? Uh, 5 verse 14 of Deuteronomy. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant, or your female servant, or your ox, or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Wow, that is really interesting. And I think... Yeah, so well, I'm not going to I'm real... not going to postulate on that, but that's really interesting. But if I can read Exodus, Exodus says it says the same thing except verse eleven, verse in chapter twenty says, "For in six days God created the heavens and the earth, and the sea and all is in them, and the seventh day He rested. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." That's it. No reference of being slaves. No reference on being freed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. So it's really so. I wonder how much that ties in, mm. or if we look, or if we should be looking at these the commandments account separately, you know, the one in Exodus could be more of the new creation, kind of this, whatever, this, what, what, however you were kind of saying that before. And the Deuteronomy might be a different even notation behind it. But I think that is interesting that, 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 and we can discuss that further in episode two. I guess I didn't want to get too far ahead, but no, I thought it was quite interesting. Ahead. I, I thought that was quite interesting differentiation between the reasons wow. for the Sabbath. I'd really like but, to know. 
<laughs> well, I think I think the the one reason for the difference in Deuteronomy is they're the the second giving of the law. They're about to enter the mm. promised land, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is it is a renewing of it, and it is a, it's a reminder. It's supposed to serve as a reminder. Remember, this is the God that brought you out of this. This he, you were slaves. You need to rest on this day, kind of. I think I think, I think that's the focus of it, rather than. They're not focused on creation as much as what God did for them, what Yahweh did for them. Because they've had so many years to think about it, right? They thought about it forever. I guess the Deuteronomy but, 5 recounts the great creational event of their liberation from, ex, uh, from Egypt. Yeah. Because it says that you shall let your everybody in your household rest because you were liberated from egypt that's the theological reason for it right so it's kind of whereas in exodus this reason the theological reason for the sabbath is the creation. original creation event yeah so it ties back to what you're wow. talking about the creation yeah. <laughs> pretty interesting stuff though hmm. i think i thought that was really and as far as mm -hmm. i know that was the only difference in the two accounts but well, that was interesting. Worth pointing out, I thought. Hmm. Hmm. One thing also I think it'd be interesting to look at, and we don't have to talk about it now, is the idea of monolatry in, in the Old Testament, which is the idea that I think I talked about these before. I think I've talked about it all the time. But the idea that uh, <laughs> Israel didn't believe that one God existed, but just one God existed that was worth worshipping. There's only... Mm. But they actually mm. believed in other gods. I think that'd be a cool episode sometime. It would play a little bit into this. I mean, maybe the first two commandments more so than anything else. But I always think that's an interesting topic. The idea of did they believe in other gods mm. besides Yahweh that they just weren't worshiping? Because that changes how you look at those first four commandments for sure in the lens of Israel, yes. right? Right. And it actually makes more sense. You shall have no other gods before me. Well, or just talking about things you worship or are we talking about literal gods it's just interesting to think about i like thinking about that like what would the israelites yeah. have thought of that of that kind of phrasing right it changes to what that means no other gods before exactly. me if you believe there's other gods there's not worth worshiping then as a different notation other than just don't worship other things right but well another episode another the, time when does the golden calf incident take place does it take place after yeah and he smashes them. Yeah. Because there's this long... Oh, yeah, there we go. 32. It's like 12 chapters after that. Where they do make this god. And... Uh, I mean... So... Michael Heiser... Has uh, done some work on this, this... This question. He actually just passed away. Mike, uh, did he read, read an ethics book? Do we read an ethics book of his? That was Norm Geisler. Oh, that's pretty close, though, hey? Pretty sure we've had close. this conversation before. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, you <laughs> listeners. You have to <laughs> deal with my stupidity. Now, what's his name? Michael Heiser. Uh, he, the, well, he's written a few, but the one that I just read, it's called The Unseen Realm. Then he has another one that I have on angels, another one on demons. So he does say that in the 
that the that there's a much more i guess you would say quote unquote supernatural realm spiritual realm to the old testament worldview because he sees in psalm 82 that it says that god sits among the divine council the sons of god so he mm-hmm. talks about you know who are these right, sons yeah. of god i think that was kind of helpful with that uh with our nephilim conversation that i felt like i butchered but anyways I think there's definitely something there that that uh, that that the gods aren't just because when we talk about you know what are your idols, it's kind of this uh, inanimate um, thing. Yeah, we whereas, think of something like watching TV or right, car or your toys or whereas money or whatever. It could be that these gods have some kind of power, right? If they are, like, there's all obviously. I mean, they're all in the in the biblical mindset. All gods are false, because God is God. God is right. But the matter of did Elohim, they exist? But they these still divine exist. beings, yeah, yeah, these divine beings, they have power, but don't whatever. None the like just aren't don't, worth aren't worthy of worship. Yeah, exactly. Right. Hmm. It sounds like a good episode for another time. Although you guys kind of touched it, you and. Uh, Jeremy Lawson yeah. kind of touched on the divine yeah. council a little bit. Yeah, but, we did, but it'd just be interesting to tie in that monolatry because then it makes it makes mm. Israel not monotheistic. Now they're not a monotheistic enemy; they're they're uh, mono lateralistic or something like that. Monolatry. I'm looking this up. Monolatry, the worship of one god without denial of the existence of other gods. Yes, you believe other because, gods exist, but you just worship only ones worth worshiping. So mono, it, so they wouldn't be monotheist because monotheism is only that one god exists. Like you could be, well, I'm wondering though if if monotheism. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about the terms to anyways, be able to comment. All I'm we don't have to be a th- we don't have to be a thesaurus here, a dictionary. We'll just, <laughs> just take your words for it. That's what it means. Yeah. But the point that, um, you know, this there's you have to be in right standing with God. He's jealous, and he shows steadfast love. I mean, that that's really beautiful there, at the beginning of what we would say a legal code. I mean, we think of the law as kind of this thing to beat, uh, to get beaten over the head with, but. Yeah. It's kind of this. Well, it's covenant. It's this. It's the summation of the covenant, and it's all about God's jealousy. It's all about God's l- steadfast love to those who love me and keep my commandments. So don't take my name in vain. Um. So there's kind of this. Well, that and that. I guess what I'm trying to say is, from a theological perspective, let's say. And maybe this is self-evident, but you know, the last six on your mm-hmm. parents, you know, not murdering, committing adultery, not stealing, not bearing false witness. Well, we could talk about what that actually means. I guess we kind of did in our lying episode, but you shall not covet. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is when you follow those commandments, are you therefore following the first four of you know, lifting God's name up high, uh, worshiping Him alone—is there some? Is there kind of an interconnectedness? Interconnectedness to the uh, when you're following one, the first half, mm. to the second half, 
because hmm. that I seems think the to first be half, something first relevant half do, to the yeah. to the rest of the to the Old Testament is that they forgot. Yeah, I think maybe there is something to that. Like in the rest of the Old Testament, they for, they totally break the first commandment that you shall have no other gods before me. And what happens? The whole thing kind of devolves. They're not keeping the Sabbath, i.e., they're not celebrating they're not observing the uh year of jubilee they're not doing these kind of things yeah. i don't think they're honoring their marriage vows no uh, i think there's something in judges where someone probably kills their parent or something and murders and i mean you know, david like, um, yeah there but, you go even but, though yeah. he was even though he was i guess i I'm pretty sure all these are broken in the book of Judges. A, Just go read the book of Judges and you'll find yeah. an example of all these well, being I guess, broken. I guess we should that, look sometimes. Well, and, that's, and that's reasonable. Not reasonable, but that's a close time frame too, right? Like it's not that far removed from when they were given. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. But it all starts with don't have any other gods, right? So like, I guess there is something to that. And then, I mean, I don't want to get, like I said, don't want to get too far ahead, but Jesus does sum it up and the New Testament force as well, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. Breaks down two, which arguably yeah. could be broken down into one. But so, do we only, I guess so that's it, the question. Do we just need one commandment? <laughs> it seems, close, like, hey? seems like we, if we needed, if all we needed was one, the book would probably be pretty dang small. <laughs> We the Bible just says need... love God. It's your new it's your new Bible. Just open it up. Love God. Okay. Done. I guess what I mean is that it's not as self evident. I guess not. Because it shows I... that God's ethic is is radically different than the ethic of the of the nations around. I mean, that was the point, be a light to the world. Right. And there's this I was just I was I was just reflecting on this because of that phrase steadfast love. God's jealousy. God is jealous for fidelity, for faithfulness. And is that reflected in the rest of these commandments of be faithful to your parents. Uh be faithful to your neighbor by not murdering them. <laughs> be faithful to the your spouse by by committing to your uh, marriage vows, and again, be faithful to your neighbor by not stealing from them, and bearing false witness against them, and coveting against them. So there's there seems to be faithfulness. God really values the faithfulness of His people, the faithfulness to covenant, and therefore faithfulness to covenant is expressed in the harmony of. The, of the community of the, the, community. the faithfulness and, and... the faithfulness to each other it's not just blind adherence to rules for the sake of rules there's it's for really i think the flourishing of the community well it goes back to what you started the episode with does the thank kind of show grace and you could substitute faithfulness and grace in there right how do you show grace to your parents or your neighbor or in your marriage or in your you don't wrong them when you've been wronged. You don't do half these things if you're never wronged. Right? Like if, you know I mean? If your parents never made you mad, you wouldn't dishonor them usually. You don't, you kill people for no reason. Right? Like, and so I think the idea of does it show grace? Yeah, you show grace to people when they wrong you 
and you don't commit adultery, you don't steal from me, don't bear false witness, but instead you do show grace. So I think, I think to answer your question, you start off with, I think the Ten Commandments do show aspect of God's grace and should outline how we show grace to others. I think, I think it really, it, that's what it boils down to. Those are very, very cyclical, cyclical, circular episode, kind of brought it all the way back to the beginning again. Hmm. Look at that. It's almost like you planned it or something. We better stop talking or else we're going to have nothing to talk about next week. <laughs> Do you have anything else oh, you want to we'll add, plenty. We'll have plenty. Well, this is a good line from Peter Lightheart's book. He says the 10 words, he, he refers to the commandments of the, as the 10 words. Right. Because the commandments doesn't show up. But he says the 10 words guide Israel to grow up to be what he is. The son who rules in his father's house. So he says that in the world God made, the world that actually exists, things aren't free to do or be anything they please. They're free when they become what they are. An acorn is free to become an oak, not an elephant. So therefore, these commandments, these ten words, show what Israel is meant to grow up to be. Oh, so it's, it frees them to be what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Interesting. It's a very interesting thought. I feel like we've talked about this before on a different episode. Maybe the real human, what it means to be human maybe is what mm. we've talked about a bit. It kind of ties into that, the idea of, you know, these things are supposed to bring out what the actual yeah. humanity is, what we are meant to be yeah, exactly. in the garden, what we're, initial, what we're initially meant for. I think we did talk about this before. Huh. Yeah, well, we could get into the whole psychology, theology of Ooh, you know, of I, don't know if, I don't know if I'm ready to get back into psychology. Yeah, but we don't have time. Hurts so, my head to even think thing. about it. Good thing. So uh, just so everyone knows, Perry's wearing his collar right now for us on while we record here. He got his white little collar. He looks, looks like a good uh, good deacon right there. Looks like a good deacon. <laughs> Anyways, my kid's crying downstairs. I should probably yeah, go. I got to go to sleep. Can you hear? Mm. My wife's down there. It's not like we're just letting I... her cry, but <laughs> <laughs> my wife is down there attending to her. I just thought I should go down there and switch her off. Anyways, everyone, thanks for listening to our podcast. Remember your service to your podcasts and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about the Ten Commandments. Let us know before we record what if you think we should be keeping them, not keeping them. See if you can predict what that me and Perry <laughs> think about it. Yeah, we're going to decide a, a, next week. Whether we yeah. are going to get rid of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yeah. And uh, make sure to congratulate Perry on his deaconship. Maybe he'll post a pic. Maybe we should post a picture of you on there, hey? You and your nice your nice gown. Maybe we'll do that for, for all the <laughs> listeners. Anyways, until next week, everyone. Keep pondering. <laughs>